0: Right, Amy, Amy, uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, and do you want to give us a bit about yourself and uh, how you got to where you are today?
1: Sure. Um, I um, started uh, my career right out of college with Marriott International. I worked in the full service uh, arena, and then um, I started working with um, a developer named Gary Theraldson um, back in the early 90s. And he was developing several Marriott um, franchise hotels. And so um, when I started with the company, um, we had about 40 properties open. And at one point, we were at um, a peak of almost 400 hotels. So very. Um,
0: that's incredible.
1: Yeah. And a lot of, yeah, nice. of <laughs> hands on experience with opening hotels all over the country. Um, We had our own development company that built the hotels and then my team um, and I would go in and open them. And I, I did the, the uh, general manager role. Then I was an area manager and, and a regional manager and then a VP. So I kind of just worked my way up um, over the course of 30 years to the COO title. Um, and yeah. my role today is not a lot different, um, than starting out, um, as we were opening several properties, it's really making sure that the hotels, um, run profitably and that we do a great job taking care of our guests and our employees. Yeah. Um, we know that if our, if we don't take a good a great care of our employees, they're not going to take great care of the guests. So just really focused on those three, um, those three mantras of treat, you know, take care of your associates, take care of your guest, and the profit, um, you know, fo- following the, the financial guidelines that we've set.
0: Yeah, that's actually kind of amazing. It's interesting that you kind of led with the employees kind of straight off the bat because you know, I guess we're like in an extreme battle for talent and you guys are pretty kind of spread out across the country. Like, what do you think are like, you mentioned kind of like your guest experience as well. Like, what do you think are like three biggest roadblocks um, in your role today for like chat roadblocks challenges for like success?
1: I think that like labor inflation continues to be a big issue. You know, um, we hire great people and then, you know, someone will try to recruit them away, um, because yeah. we're we kind we're known in the space for for really great training programs. So they know a Threlkeldson manager is w- really well trained, and so, yeah. uh, You know, and the other piece is just um, retaining um, that great talent, whether it's yeah. a housekeeper or a front desk employee. I mean, at every level in the organization, it's just. It's a grind out there today with with finding yeah. um, great, great employees.
0: It's interesting you say that because one of the things I've definitely heard from literally every single one of your peers. So first of all, the problem isn't necessarily unique and you're in really good company. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so like in one sense, it's a good thing. Um, but I remember when I started, I landed like, I mean, almost two years ago now, uh, the big question was like, Top of funnel, we need people. We need to get our funnel built back up after COVID. Then it became a question of like finding quality people. And then it became a question of like retaining people. In terms of like the three where you are, what are sort of the, which one would you say is like the largest priority for you guys?
1: I think the retention piece uh, right yeah. now. You know, we put a lot of of effort um, and financially and um, human capital Um, behind you know attracting and finding the talent and i think the retention pieces is is really what we come across um more and more so um you know in different parts of the country but it's not unique to any one part
0: yeah and that's interesting i mean we're
1: as far we're you know whether and i i've shared this you know it could be in the north you know the northeast like uh The D.C. area, Virginia area, Maryland. Um, We have the same challenges in California, um, Nevada. You know, so Colorado. So any, it 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 it's east coast to west coast.
0: Yeah, Um, and that's exactly it. You know, and I like one of the things I've definitely heard from people is like, you know, uh, how the kind of post COVID sort of mindset, almost like a culture reset for organizations has been in the, with regards to um, sort of employee retention and sort of employee brand and the employee experience. Since COVID, have you guys kind of done a reset or were you, do, were you would you say you were always kind of more of a trailblazer when it comes to employee retention and brand uh, employee experience?
1: Now I think we've had to pivot for sure and make yeah. some adjustments and changes. In fact, this week we had ten of our, um, uh, we call them um, training GMs, um, yeah. fly into uh, Phoenix and had. They're actually having the meeting now, where they're they're sitting down and reviewing our you know, onboarding process and what that looks like for a new general manager that's joining our organization and how can we change things to um, really help them understand not just how the franchise works, but really how our, how Theraldson Hospitality works and trying to identify those, um, you know, things that we feel differentiate us from our competitors in terms of culture and, um, you know, work-life balance, those types of things. So they're, they're doing their powwow this week. And, um, it's the first time we'd ever done that. So, um, and, and we try to, we've also incorporated our assistant general managers into the training. We, we have a formalized training program now for them where they all come, um, together in uh, Phoenix and do their training and spend, you know, a week with our director of training, just going, you know, going over the, you know, what their role looks like, because we know it's easier to promote from within. And that's our, that's always been our preference. We love to be able to, you know, give our um, frontline associates a career path. So this, this really does help them.
0: You know, it's interesting you say. You mentioned culture, and I love when people mention culture uh, because, I mean, you guys are extremely successful. You know, hundreds of locations, and what I feel like I hear that separates like the best brands, excluding, like, say, up and coming sort of new hot hotel groups or hot franchises in terms. But when I hear like you know people mention culture, I really feel like that's a real differentiator for what separates the best from you know, everybody else. And what I mean by that is I had, um like I was saying to you offline, was like the head of, head of OPEX at David Buster. And it was like, there's no patent for what we do here. You know, it's like an arcade and food, but we're almost at 200 locations and there's nobody in the country even remotely near our size. And, you know, how they've retained a huge amount of their staff even post-COVID because people enjoyed working with it. And I think about that a lot in terms of like what you're saying, you know, which is like, how do you think about culture and how does culture play into sort of like the retention of sort of staff and make people want to work there and I'm curious from your perspective you know what is your quote-unquote like je ne sais quoi when it comes to the culture side um, of Terrelson and the hotels that you guys have and the process you have like what do you think is sort of like your cultural secret sauce so to speak?
1: I think that it is having a, a strong communication link to upper management. Um, you know, I give my personal cell phone out to everybody. Every whether it's a housekeeper or uh, a general manager, uh, we've made the communication piece. Um, you know, we can you can make it anonymous. They can, you know, send in a you know. There's QR codes, and we've really tried to adapt to the way that people want to communicate, and we want to listen. Uh, I think I visit a lot of hotels. Uh, I go visit our properties, stay in them. Um, Our senior vice president is on the road almost weekly um, doing the same thing. And I think having that, letting those associates know they have a a voice at the table, a seat at the table, if you will. Um, And we do listen. And we've made a lot of changes organizationally because of what we've heard in the field and what's happening, because if you sit in an office all day, you can get jaded by what's really happening. You're not in front of that guest that's that's upset because the water uh, didn't get hot for them at 6 a.m., you know, so I think being um, present and senior leadership being very present, very engaged, and communication has really been relevant. That's awesome, and I, I, I- I I really I I think, Alex, that's the biggest difference is that a lot of people will be a lot of people will say, um, oh, we've never had a COO sit in our huddle in the morning, you know, our daily huddle. And I love doing that stuff because it is it's a great way to connect. Totally.
0: And it's interesting that you're really leaning into the communication, because, again, I think that does separate the wheat from the chaff. You know, like from like peers across the board that I've spoken to, they really lean into having like open communication and easiest processes possible. You know, the fact that you're giving your phone number means, you know, a cleaning person can text you. You know what I mean? Like that sort of like chain of command that you can kind of go straight to the source in the escalated question if necessary, and giving people the sort of um the ability, what's the word I'm looking for, sort of like the responsibility being able to text you in the first place or call you, you know, that 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 permission exists and it's inherent across the organization sounds like kind of unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like it sounds like it's really, really working for you. Um, Do you think like uh, that's also necessary given that presumably a lot of the staff that you're bringing in now are from like a younger generation, like Gen Z, for example. And I'm always curious, everyone's take but obviously they are a lot more phone forward phone centric than say even me as a geriatric millennial <laughs> or yeah. like everybody else you know yeah i i think look if
1: you looked you know i i shared i've been doing this for over 30 years yeah uh, so a lot has changed right and <laughs> yeah. we, and again it's part of the that adaptability piece that i mentioned that we've had to make a lot of changes um you know in the last couple of years and You know, really try to see how people want to communicate and whether that's a text or um, an anonymous email um, and having, you know, knowing that they're getting heard there. We listen if there's there's complaints. uh, If associate has complaints, we have a process that yeah. you know, they may not be comfortable coming to me with that, but if they're comfortable going to human resources or whatever the case may be, that we have a start and a finish to that, that issue that they have. So it's yeah. really important that they feel like there's resolution and that we're hearing what they're saying. And it may not always be um, what they wanted um, or agree with the decision that we've made or uh, but but at least they know they, they've been heard.
0: Totally. And again, this goes back to your communication. You know, like the message is almost the medium in this case as well. You know, being able to like meet people in a way that they can consume that information um, and being able to present it in such a way. So like either having HR sort of like, you know, conflict resolution, for example, and having a process, being able to document it, being able to like write it up and following a very formal standardized process being able to communicate the whole um, procedure obviously is huge and again that hasn't been a norm in hospitality certainly from like across the board from like you know everybody I've spoken to it's like everyone's designing these processes or they started with them from the get-go and that's enabled them to grow but either way it just goes to show the importance of communicating sort of like on a high level everything that needs to get happen within the organization to keep people aware of what's going on.
1: Right, yeah, I think that you you nailed it that conflict resolution and and so we we just really um I I didn't when we were building our company we we had um our, our prior company Theraldson Management um, yeah I I left for three years um and went to work for another hospitality firm and then came back and we started Theraldson Hospitality in 2011 and we had 19 hotels um at yeah, that whoa. time <laughs> and, and we've grown now we're 85 today um soon 85 so
0: are you saying are you saying excuse me eight, 19 in 2011 to 85 today in 2024 that's correct and we'll unbelievable seven,
1: year. yeah seven we're, new locations uh, this year. that's unbelievable yeah so congratulations thank you thank you and One of the things um, that we we try to avoid is, uh, you know, a bureaucratic environment where you have to get go through so many layers to get an answer where, you know, I think our company is very great at adapting and saying, hey, here's a decision. I know my boss, Gary Theraldson, he can make a decision in a minute. I'll call him. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. Done. And it, and unfortunately, it's not that way in other organizations. So we really pride ourselves on, um, again, it's the communication piece and getting answers and and decisions made quickly.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, that's kind of amazing. And I mean, you've got four new like locations opening, so you probably like. I mean, does that mean that you have an enormous like hiring challenge ahead of you for 2024? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, when I talk to restaurants, we talk about like say new store openings. And it's like the pressure they're under to have enough staff for when they open a new place. So presumably it's very similar for you that like, you probably have to like hire, I mean, it's four hotels. And presumably that's at least a couple hundred. Actually, people.
1: actually it's seven hotels will open this year, but yeah. It's, seven new hotels. Yep. It is. Um, it's definitely um, a challenge, but we try, you know, from a timing perspective to bring on a management team um, giving, uh, soon enough to give them the uh, opportunity to, to really, um, source and find that, that, um, human capital that's going to run the hotel. So that, that you open the doors and, you know, we are well-trained and yes, we're going to have some hiccups, uh, but for the most part, there's really good training that goes into all of that. So, um, uh, yeah. just, you know, and the resources, trying to make sure they know the resources that we have available through uh, different um, departments in the organization, whether it's sales, revenue management, operations. I mean, all of that, um, we want to give them a point of contact. So if there is a question, they, they know who to reach out to.
0: Totally. And that makes sense. I mean, It's, I always find like new location openings just very fascinating, just from an organization perspective, because the human component in in hospitality. I mean, any like a tech company can open an office kind of anywhere, you know what I mean? It doesn't really like you know, people will go to work, you know, it's fine, but like, I think like to be able to hit the ground running from the get go is such an enormous pressure. It's, I, I think, in particular. In your hospitality of like, you know, people staying, you know, guests, like, you know, I always think of like, say, hotel, like night managers and how difficult it is to recruit that. I hear that from so many of our clients and I hear that from so many of the podcasts that it's like finding that person in a particular location who's willing to be a night manager is like finding like the ultimate diamond in the rough almost like is there a type of role or position within the seven new hotels that you're lodging that you're like oh my god where are we going to find this person
1: yeah for sure i mean and and we're not opening in you know the the uh, markets where there's no. low unemployment right so or you know high unemployment i should say and and so we we've had to get really creative um And we tell uh, these folks, you know, we're trying to hire on personality because we are in the hospitality business and we'll train on the technical stuff. And so if you go into a restaurant and you have just a phenomenal experience with, you know, a server, um, there's a recruiting opportunity and or a bartender and there's a recruiting opportunity. So it's it, it doesn't matter. Um, if they have hotel experience necessarily, but if they have a great personality. And so we're always, always looking for that. And we've trained our, our managers to, when they identify that, um, it could be somebody behind the rental car agency. I mean, just having that great experience, that one-on-one contact with somebody and wanting to have that person represent you in your hotel. So um it's we we never stop recruiting, so it's it's a uh, it's always always top
0: of mind um and that's amazing, you know, and you know what's interesting about what you just said there as well um i was writing that quote down we never stop recruiting because I think that's just a great line i should probably i should steal that line and put that on our website instead for us I think <laughs> <laughs> Go um, right ahead. A great line um I'm gonna quote you be on the website um it's interesting you say that because you know the more i've done this like we like i've the amount of people that have come in even from my marketing you know like we have a car wash business with like north of 100 locations that like i didn't think that like when we serve hospitality that like car wash would be within that sort of remit but here we are and same with like parking services you know ballet services these kinds of things and so like within like hospitality the broadness like there's such a broadness to it, which really all stems from a nub that is, you know, great personality, you know, like a passion and great personality for hospitality. And that can kind of come from anywhere. It's just somebody has to have that certain, as I mentioned earlier, that je ne sais quoi, you know, like right. and what is that, you know, <laughs> it's like finding that.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that that's the challenge. And, and then knowing that, you know, you, 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 have that associate come work for you, uh, with you. And, and then somebody else might be doing the same thing. So again, it's the retention you kind of circles back to retention. And yeah. you know, we have, we've had several people that our guests have just said, you know, Hey, you're awesome. I'd love to have you come work for our company. And so it's, it's, um, it, that's why we say, you know, recruiting it's, it's never done. It, it's never over. And we are constantly, um, you know, I, I, if we don't have a position, we can always find something for them to do until something opens up.
0: I mean, and that's incredible that you're, you guys have that flexibility and that cultural flexibility internally. You know, like I don't think I've heard that from anybody at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, if you're a great person, we'll find a position.
1: It, it it's part of the fact that we we are growing and we are yeah. you know so there's always a need it seems like for great talent and yeah. I've never had I I would love to say that I we've we've had a hundred percent of our positions filled at any given time but that's yeah. not reality that's
0: that would be ideal you're not alone reality <laughs> you you are not alone. Um... But yeah, I mean, Amy, thanks so much.